Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me and vehemently opposed to all of the common sense Marktopian measures that we're trying to push on this show and force down conservatives' throats so that they have no choice but to comply and to be more woke people. Oh, I'm Mark well, Lawrence. And to, today, the Democrats are introducing a bill to make the District of Columbia the 51st state. Woo-hoo. Because, as they say, 700,000 D.C. residents have been unrepresented in Congress for all these years. But well, you're here to tell us they have been represented and how. Oh, they have a representative, a non-voting representative, I believe. Okay. Uh, a Congress, someone who serves as a congressman. But let's not solve the problem by making the mistake. Let's solve the problem by appending them to Virginia or to Maryland. Ah. Then they get a district, they get a congressman, they are represented, but they're not Joe, a 51st state Joe, with two senators. Joe, stop. That would be a common sense solution. That would be. We will not be hearing that on this show any further. You are further <laughs> rebuked. Now take it back. Well, sorry. I'm sorry. It's Nancy Pelosi and the uh, Washington Democrats who are pushing for this. They want uh, those two extra senators. Can you see giving two senators to 700,000 people? We need bold leadership, though. <laughs> Seven hundred thousand. Oh, yeah. Well, at least he'll know who they are. He'll he'll know who each of one of them is. Your odds of becoming a senator in the District of Columbia are pretty great <laughs> under those circumstances. One in three hundred fifty thousand, <laughs> much greater than in Pennsylvania. All right, which are what uh, one in about six million or so, right. uh, assuming the senators were to be randomly chosen anyway. All right, so welcome on board, everybody. It is WKOK's live telephone talk show. Joe is across from me, and as you can tell, uh, tries to bring common sense ideas to the microphone and. Uh, gets rebuked and is asked to take them back. And so that's his fate on this show. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar performer, so today uh, no exception there, we're hoping anyway. And Rob Center, fabulous producer, well-deserved day off, means Mark Stevens is pressed into action today, so he gets to serve as our producer, so he's over there. So he lost, huh? He lost the the, the draw. <laughs> the, the, the lottery. Yeah, they used to call it a lottery, but no, <laughs> nobody no, wins no more. that lottery. No. So Mark is today, and then Matt Catrillo lost two days in a row. Come oh, up. my God. Gosh, poor Mark. <laughs> well, he'll, he'll bring his laptop in and try to get some work done while he's in here. And uh, uh, that's you mean just, he won't be paying rapt attention to us? Uh, he will be. He'll be <laughs> listening for swear words and watching the phone blink, and uh, hopefully answering it. Right. And I'm going to run a string around the corner, around the hallway, all the way over to there, and pull on the string whenever there's a caller, so he can pay attention. But and he listens to the show. He just doesn't always get to push the buttons. Why don't you tie a string to Lynn's cat, our staff cat? Mm-hmm. And when it howls, when you pull its tail, mm-hmm. he'll know the phone's ringing. Mm. That's, uh, <laughs> well, first of all, the cat vetoed that. No, no, okay. That did come <laughs> up in the meeting. But, uh, yeah, the cat says no no howling. Um, Did the staff cat and dog get along just out of curiosity? I don't know. I've never seen them in the same room. They, they live in separate rooms. Do they? Okay. Yeah. 
I guess so. Well, yeah, they're both pretty friendly, although cats are a little touchy about big dogs. I'd like a turtle. I think we need a turtle. We could have it in here. It would be quiet. It wouldn't make a lot of noise. <laughs> On-the-mark turtle. <laughs> yeah, On-the-mark turtle. It <laughs> describes the level of momentum of the show, typically, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> At least we're honest. All right, welcome on board, everybody. It is the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. It is. Let's see. What do we got? 21st day of April 2021. Boy, TikTok times marching on. What happened to April just a minute ago? Uh, we were enjoying April Fool's jokes, and uh, so here we are. It's still April. Two weeks later. Uh, it's only the 21st. Right. We got two weeks to go. Three weeks later, actually. Mm, whatever. We have an uh, opportunity to mention our sponsor right now, Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com, which nobody has sent us any new emails related to any topic today. And uh, you can text us at 70236. We do have some emails or some texts left over from our conversation related to uh, potential gun regulation yesterday, so we can get to those as the show progresses, but uh, it is open phones. Of course, we have uh, the George Floyd uh, homicide, now officially classified as a homicide, thanks to the jury making their note of uh, verdict there. And in this particular case, the way Minnesota's laws uh, work, you're not just convicted of the highest charge of homicide, but you become convicted of ancillary charges also in their courtroom. So he was convicted of uh, third... Well, they filed three charges against him. Right, he was convicted of all murder. three. Right. As well he should have been. I mean, there was that was obviously a blatant case. I thought one of the most interesting things was in wrapping up the prosecution said that it was arrogance you know the people were there were yelling at him stop get off his neck mm -hmm. you know please desist or let us help and he just wasn't gonna i'm not gonna i'm a cop i'm not gonna let you uh tell me what to do and i wonder if that wasn't part of it you know that that the arrogance of the crowd telling him that uh, he should let mr floyd up and let him breathe because well, and, I can't imagine why he wouldn't have. You know, and, that's what bothers me about it. And his expression on his face is what leads you to say that. You know, he wasn't uh, struggling with thought or anything or discussing with the officers what's next or anything. He sat there relatively emotionless, just staring at the crowd. And, I, you know, I honestly do believe the defense when they said he was concerned about the crowd of individuals growing. That seemed, makes perfect sense that an officer would be concerned about that. Right. And he had very much on the mind the fact that just a moment earlier uh, that uh, George Floyd had given his all to resist arrest and to make that happen. But once an individual is, uh, I'm going to use the word contained, I'm not sure if that's the right police word or not, then of course it's incumbent upon the police officers to get the handcuffs and the maybe leg irons or whatever they're going to use to start to use uh, more reasonable restraint. What interests me is how the television shows are reflecting the tenor of these times. I watch a number of police shows, including The Rookie, which I think is a great show. But last night they had a, a young... fictional uh, dramas. Yes. Uh, uh, Nathan Fillion, who I guess was on um, Castle or something before, but he plays a rookie, a, an older rookie L.A. police officer. And last night they had this young woman recruit from the uh, who had been in the military, and she was having trouble adjusting to civilian life. But she, she referred to everybody as the enemy, and her training mm -hmm. partner was saying, no, they're your neighbors, they're not your enemies. But she winds up finding a uh, bank shot to get the one perpetrator in the leg 
and then you know she's ready to throw him down and do stuff to him and her training partner says no it's now your duty to render first aid mm-hmm. you know and that is a policeman's duty once you once you as you say you say uh, put contain. down contain I would say neutralize mm-hmm. once the person is no longer a threat then your obligation is to give them care and I, t- I cannot believe that Chauvin at some point didn't recognize the fact that uh, Mr. Floyd was not he was dead was, well not dead but you know not fighting mm-hmm. you know at some point even I think anybody with a, a bit of human compassion would say all right I'm going to let you up you act act up again and you're going to be back down here mm-hmm. you know wouldn't you you're dead for three minutes Oh, no, I don't think he, you know, we don't know at what point he died in this, do we? We don't know the exact minute. And was he still alive when he got to the hospital, or was he dead at the hospital? Well, I, I thought he was still so. alive. I think he died there. But okay. regardless, uh, the fact is the, the restraint was uh, onerous. And uh, and please, don't call us and say, George Floyd brought it on himself. Well, there is no argument there that he did that. He resisted arrest, and he was uh, really making every effort to make sure that he but wasn't death isn't taken into for resisting arrest. Exactly. And I, honestly, we depend, even though police are human, we depend upon them to be the bigger person and that when an individual is contained to use uh, less uh, deadly methods of restraint. So that's that. Plus, we also have a, a lot of the commentary last evening was, and mostly from the crowds of people, was that we are at a real inflection point here that this uh, people have uh, maybe some renewed faith in the justice system that a police officer was convicted and that other police officers testified against him and his police chief. So uh, so that is uh, something very unusual. And is this going to be a major milestone in improved race conversations? Well, and then there's a a, a really... uh, I saw the story in the day's daily item, and it's an AP story, but the headline is Waters' bold words echo civil rights draw criticism. when, When Representative Maxine Waters urged people to stay on the street in pursuit of justice for George Floyd, advocates for racial equity and an end to police violence heard a leading black voice in the nation's long march towards civil rights. But detractors, including the judge in the case against Derek Chauvin, criticized Waters' push for a uh, guilty verdict as incendiary, momentarily diverting attention away from the white police officer accused in the death of Floyd, who was black. And on to the words of the congresswoman. You know, that makes it sound like, oh, it was terrible. This congresswoman didn't deserve any criticism because she's a black lady and she's speaking out against this. But she did deserve criticism. It makes the judge sound like he's some right-wing Republican nut, but he's not. He was a, he was a Democratic judge and he's a liberal. And even he says the rule of law has to take precedence over the mouthings of a congresswoman who doesn't even live in that state. All right. She's Well, but she's black and so she gets to voice her issue. Her no problem with that. If she race. voices it from if she voices it from her home state or on the floor of the United States uh, Capitol, <laughs> oh, then no, you she's have to go to Minnesota. <laughs> she, but you know, she doesn't have to go to Minnesota and accuse people. And yesterday there was a motion to censure her, and they didn't want to give the Democrats any tough votes, so the vote was to table it, and that passed. <laughs> so All let's right. not take action on it. Let's not debate whether Maxine Waters did anything bad. Let's just you know compound the felony, if you will. Maxine Waters, race, the conviction yesterday the homicide of George Floyd. Uh, what's your but view? She, she has every right to express her opinion. But, you know, when the jury's out and the jury isn't sequestered, I think that's pretty darn irresponsible. Well, and to give in-
constructive incendiary remarks uh, to a crowd that's already tense. It's uh, well, uh, you know, I, some people called it incitement. I think you could you can make that argument. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Last caller before a quick break. Mike, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, I wanted to talk about racism in the United States of America, and I and I only know what I know from my own experience. And I'm going to take you back to the mid-1960s. I lived in South Williamsport, and my friends and I used to walk across the bridge to Williamsport, and we stumbled upon a basketball court, and we uh, hooked up with these kids, these black kids, and we played basketball with them, okay? And uh, they said, hey, why don't you come back next Saturday? So the next Saturday, we went over there, and we played some more, and we asked those fellows, we said, hey, we play at Mountain Avenue across over in Southside. Why don't you come over there? And they said, oh, no, 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 no. We, we can't go over there. That's Jock City. We're not allowed. To, we can't go across that bridge. I mean, we're, we were kind of shocked. So that, that was in the mid-'60s, okay? And then uh, fast forward uh, a, a year or two later, we played the predominantly black uh, junior high school in football, and uh, we played some of them same kids, of course. And then, but when we walked through the tunnel, the fans spit on us. Okay, I mean, that was a real eye-opener. Okay, so fast forward to about 1973. I'm in college at Bloomsburg University, well, State College at the time. And from what I recall, there was only one black person there. There may have been more, but I, I knew the one guy on the basketball team, and that was it. Okay, then fast forward to, oh, let's see, late 70s. I go to work at my first nuclear power plant, and uh, there was one black guy working there. And uh, he invited me over to his house for dinner. I was a single guy, and he said, well, why don't you come on over? And I mentioned it to some of my coworkers, and they told me flat out, if you go to his house, you're done at this power plant. I mean, you, you're not going to get fired, but nobody will talk to you. you. You'll be, you know, basically ostracized. And that was in 1980. Okay, so that's, that's up to not my experience up to 1980. Then I go to work at another power plant in Pennsylvania, and, you know, basically, I think there was one black person there when I started. Okay, by the time I left there, I'm uh, training blacks to do the jobs in the nuclear power plant. I'm socializing with the blacks. And I have children that are dating black people. Okay, so that's my personal experience of interactions with blacks. And then when I look at the TV... I see lots of, of stars. It doesn't matter what industry they're in. So we're seeing lots of progress in, in, in the racial relationships in the United States. And then just by chance, yesterday in the United States Senate, there's a hearing called Jim Crow 2021. And it, just like I said last week, there is nothing further from the truth. Is there racism in the United States? Yes. Is this Jim Crow no. So to me, uh, Joe Biden said he is going to be a uniter, but his troops are out there doing everything in my mind except uniting. Okay? And that's, that's all I want to say. It's just my personal experience, what I see, and my take on it. And I, I don't think uh, people got what they voted for when they voted for Joe Biden. I don't think he's doing us any favors. And uh, I think as uh, Democrats are running amok on this issue for political gain. Well, I think I think to, come, to fill in on what you're saying, I heard the uh, part of the press conference with Kamala Harris and President Biden yesterday, and she was saying that this was an uh, that the George Floyd case uh, was an example of systemic racism, but the system didn't lean on George Floyd's neck. One guy did. One bad person. 
And I think that we still have a people problem. I don't think it's systemic, except to the extent that people who are bad and in the system use the system to disadvantage people of color, and that's wrong. But I don't think the systems themselves are at fault. I think it's the people in the system who are prejudiced or bigoted that make it that way. Right. A lot of white people feel that way. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. I just said a lot of white people feel that way, that there is no systemic racism. Since they don't get to enjoy being victims of it, they're certain that it doesn't exist. Well, you don't admit that you enjoy white privilege either, so I don't think that... uh, I've never had anybody come up to me and say, hey, you're white. Here's a privilege. Exactly. (laughs) You're so right. Absolutely true. You ever have anybody do that to you? Happens every day. (laughs) Mike, go ahead. We'll let you wrap up. We've got to get going. Just one last thing. You, You talk about white privilege. Now, listen. I'm I'm certainly I do believe I'd be a totally different person if I was born in black in the, in the black section of Williamsport in 1955 as being born white on the other side of the river in South Williamsport. But that's that is in the past, okay? And now you might say that's a a white privilege statement. All I am saying is the reality of the situation in the United States is things are way way better than Jim Crow, obviously. We've had a black president. We have a, uh, I guess they call black vice president right now. We have blacks uh, reaching the highest echelons in many industries in this country, yet we have divisiveness being driven down our throats, and they refuse, when I say they, I'm talking about the Democrats, they refuse to acknowledge the progress that has been made. And these black people who have achieved what you're talking about have done it on merit. It's not government mandates anymore. I mean, we'd use mandates to help people get a leg up, but now it's not necessary. These people are achieving and succeeding on their own, and they don't need what someone called the um, the racism of low expectations. They are fully capable of participating at all levels of our society. All right. Thank you so much. Without Mike. our help or interference, I might add. Thank you, Mike. In thank any you. field, you yeah. got it. Hey, thanks, man. See you. Yeah, appreciate thank that. You. Stand by, Tom. We will be right back. We'd have another open phone. Uh, ready 1-800-795-9565 1-800-795-9565 when it comes to car buying there's the other guy's way and then there's the smc way the other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want the Subway motors way lets you take the time you need to browse ask questions and take the test drive and think on it for over 100 years the mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have the other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will the SMC Way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Tom, very, 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 very patient. Thank you so much for being patient. You're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, this this isn't the way it's that actually that it looks. You know, the, these cops, they tried to lie out of this from the beginning, and they couldn't do it because this video came forward. So everybody's trying to say, well, there's a big change, and the cops are, are uh, testifying against other cops. Well, it's not really the, tr- the whole truth, because they tried to lie out of this 
and they, and then when when this video came forward from this 16 or 17 year old girl, then they knew they couldn't lie out of it, and then everything changed. So that's one thing. Now refresh my memory. In what way did they? tried to lie out they had a different story they were talking about it last night they had a completely different story of what happened they tried to lie lie about what happened until this video came out until they compiled all the different video snippets yeah you can get a pretty clear image of what happened i I don't know that they they lied they just didn't tell the whole truth which is just as bad as lying just as bad as just as bad i just said it's just as bad and another thing there was three other cops Yep. That sat right there on the ground with him and watched him do it and didn't, as far as I know, didn't tell him to get off. And if they didn't, if they didn't tell if they told him to get off and he didn't get off, they should have pushed him off. One of them actually did, Tom. And one of them didn't do it. So those three guys, one of them I don't actually know what did. they're going to do it to him, but Tom. those three guys. Tom. Are just about as guilty as him. One of them did suggest that he, you know, don't you think you ought to let him uh, let him up? Is he okay? One of them did question him twice. But and, they, and he should have pushed him off. I agree. Somebody should have. But, you know, he was the senior officer there, which I guess is probably why nothing like that happened. If a well, senior I don't officer. Know. I think those other guys, I, I think they're going to have a trial, aren't they, or not? I think they've. I think they fired all three of them. To be honest with you, or maybe the one that did suggest that he get off of his neck. Maybe they just suspended him for a while. But I think they fired the others. Well, I don't know. I think that's. They're just about as bad as him for letting that get like that. And then the sergeant. The problem is the sergeant who came on the scene was originally the one who was trying to color the color the Floyd's behavior to make it worse than it was and make him seem like he had done something terribly wrong, although what he did was yeah. wrong. And then, uh, I don't know if you heard, but yesterday there was another shooting. They shot a, the cop shoot a six, shot a 16-year-old uh, black girl somewhere. Are you aware of the circumstances of that? No, I'm not aware of the circumstances. I just know that she that had they, a knife, and she was called. She was attacking two other girls. When the police rolled up on the scene, and there's video of it, they released the body cam video showing this uh, 15-year-old black girl with a knife attempting to stab uh, two other girls. And the police rolled well, up, and they there, did what well, they had to do. There's all right, then, then she deserved it then. But I didn't know what the circumstances was. I didn't. Yeah, they were vague overnight. Yeah, they were vague overnight what happened, but I guess Joe has the latest. Well, it says, as soon as police pulled up, a young female can be seen tackling another female to the ground with what appeared to be a knife in her hand. Actually, it was a knife. You can see it. The girl can then be seen charging at another nearby female while raising the knife in the air, at which point the officer fired multiple shots, fatally wounding the attacker. And I think if that were your kid who were being attacked, you would want the police officer to pull that trigger. Yeah. It's a tragedy, all though. Right, I mean, no that's argument. That's all I had to say. All right. Well, thanks, thank you Tom. so much. Take yeah. care. Yep. Call thank again. You. Thanks for calling in. Mark, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling Mark, in. Mark, this is a common sense. Uh, uh, there's no common sense out there anymore. If they have an unruly patient in a hospital that's threatening the staff or himself, they tranquilize him. If an animal gets loose and they don't want to kill the animal, they tranquilize it. We can do the same with unruly criminals or people that are high on drugs. And why this isn't being done, I don't know. You? What mechanism is there to do it? 
tranquilizer gun. <laughs> a tranquilizer gun? I just explained it. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, let's be honest about that. Tranquilizers yeah. have different effects on people different ways based on their weight. The cop can't stand there and adjust the dosage that he's going to shoot into somebody. So what happens the first time some a cop shoots an overdose into somebody and the guy dies? We're no, going to be in the same place. They have, to be, they have to be trained in that. How do you I mean, uh, uh, okay. and these, these doses can don't have to be super strong. They just they just put him in a mellow state. Well, let let you me ha- those do- doses. Let, let me point you to a police officer who has dealt with a person who's high on methamphetamine and who has the strength of ten people and is completely out of control. A dose of of a mild tranquilizer isn't going to stop that guy. Well, then you strengthen the dosing. Well, what cop's going to stand there? Okay, let me see here. This guy's 5'9", he's 220 pounds, he needs this dose. They don't have time to react like that. You're just trying to make an excuse to not even uh, investigate what the possibilities could be. Maybe uh, a new technology could uh, uh, could evaluate the, the dosage, but to, to try something. But this guy got out of line. There's no question about that. I mean, and then he was being uh, photographed, and people were mm-hmm. saying that uh, stop it, stop it, stop it. Well, he had personality problems. I'd like to know if he got his job because of somebody else, a relative in the police department, uh, uh, helping get his job. Well, he got a lot of nepotism in, in the police force too. That's another thing that's got to be rooted out. I think you will but, find a day that there is civil service and the policemen don't get jobs because of who they know. They have to pass a rigorous civil service test. They have to have a psychological evaluation. They have to undergo months and months of training. I mean, it's not like we just say, oh, it's Cousin Earl here. We're going to hire him to be a cop and he give him a badge and throw a gun and throw him out in the street. Not anymore, and especially in Pennsylvania, but back when Chauvin was hired, that's what Mark's talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We don't know what was situation. We've had were. civil service in this country since the 1890s. Uh, right, and it's completely <laughs> wiped out nepotism, according to Joe. Did you hear that, Mark? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Points or <I> not. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for calling Thanks, in. Yeah, that's Take an care. interesting idea. Well, and I'm sure police have looked at that. You know, they look at these stun grenades that uh, shoot like a beanbag, and I'm sure they've looked at tranquilizers. So my solution would be if, if it's a small person, they get one dose of the tranquilizer. If it's when a big person, they get two. When a bear's coming at you, do you want to stop it or just have it be calm? Well, <laughs> if you want it to live, you have to think about it. This is WKOK Sun. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Some Mr. Joe's across from me. Mr. Mark's on the other side of the glass. That would be Mark Stevens, our fabulous announcer, one of the greatest announcers in the world. Uh, summoned to the low well, pole. Not announcers anymore. They're audio entertainers. Oh, well, that's what he is, and he's the best. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got tons of knowledge. Listen to him every day. And Does a great show. Yep, yeah, he's super duper, so we appreciate him carving out some time on his busy schedule uh, to come over here and uh, run the On the Mark uh, program, so we're very grateful for his contribution. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. We're grateful for their contribution, too. We invite you to do what I've done. Go to sunburymotors.com and order up a truck, wait a few months, and then when it arrives, sell it to someone else. Our toll-free line is open. 
open, call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Some very brief news headlines here. Statewide hospitalizations related to COVID-19 are now over 2,800. That's up about 100 or so in their daily update Tuesday. State Department of Health reported 2,833 people in the hospital. 576 are in ICU. Geisinger Shamokin has five coronavirus patients. Geisinger Danville has 45. Evangelical Community Hospital has 25. One of the vice presidents at Evangelical Community Hospital, Brian Wolf, says they're handling the surge. Here at Evangelical, we're still working in a pandemic status. We have different triggers that would trigger us to either slow down services or stop services if we had to pull those resources to care for patients on the acute care side. He also says there are statewide concerns about the decrease in testing, but he says they're still doing about 80 to 100 tests a week. Evangelical's test site still operating 9 to 6, Monday through Friday at 1499 St. Mary Street in Lewisburg. U.S. Congressman Fred Keller has introduced a bill prioritizing COVID-19 vaccines to go to U.S. citizens and legal residents first. The legislation called the Shocks Act would end what is the giving of vaccine to illegal aliens who come across the border. Congressman Keller says Americans have invested trillions in COVID relief and deserve to have first dibs on the vaccines. WHTM-TV reporting that local marijuana legalization advocates took advantage of the 420 holiday yesterday to rally for the legalization of pot. The debate is not new in Pennsylvania, but ralliers say the need for legal weed is now urgent because New York, <laughs> that's what I say, Urgent. (laughs) It's sort of like calling the fire department. Let's call the weed department. If I don't have a doobie, absolutely, positively, immediately, I'm going to have a meltdown. All right. Anyway, but they do have sort of a kind of a maybe tiny point, and that's that New York and New Jersey have recreational marijuana markets coming online. Trouble is that once folks get used to driving to New Jersey or New York for their pot, they may not want Pennsylvania pot (laughs) legally. (laughs) That's like saying I'm going to halfway dam suddenly now because... It has sand. As my mother always said to me, if you jumped off the bridge, if I jumped off the bridge, would you follow me? (laughs) Hmm. Actually, it makes no sense related to this story. But anyway, Stan, you're on the mark. Well, monkey see, monkey do. Does that Uh, follow in? Okay. Okay. You get that then. Okay. Stan, we're on the mark. We've been talking about (laughs) systemic racism, something about which you know quite a bit. So please enlighten us. Uh, No, actually, actually, I don't know a lot about it because I don't consider myself racist. But that being said, considering where all this racism is taking place and who controls these areas, when are these major cities going to stop their systemic racism? I think it's cities and governments and schools. I'm sure your point is that Democrats are in charge of all of these things, correct? Well, it seems to be that way. I mean, just just observing what's going on and where it's happening and who controls these areas, that just leads to a common-sense conclusion that that must be the case, considering that the left has been in charge of the major institutions in this country, you know, Hollywood media, the mainstream media press, you know, education at all levels. And and, and and right now, the you know, two branches of the federal government, that one would lead one to conclude that somewhere in there, they're in charge of the systemic racism that's going on. 
Well, I think what's happening is, I, th- I think that is a cursory glance at things, but I think the whole point of systemic racism is that it's really ingrained into the system itself, far beyond the political party of individuals that might get elected in or out or so put these, in charge. So these elected officials are not doing anything to try and get rid of it. Most of them are Democrats these days, and they're not digging into these <laughs> systems where this systemic racism exists and rooting it out? Is that what you believe? Well, I'm asking you. You're saying that they it's not uh, the fault of... Uh, people it's the fault of the system it's so ingrained what do you no think? matter who's elected what do you think stan are we making any progress i didn't think there was a big problem to start with myself but then i'm not a person of color so i guess i can't speak to that but what i have noticed is that all these major problems are happening and have been happening for decades in these areas controlled by certain party and a certain way of thinking that's all I'm saying. <laughs> the Republicans well, are woke and no, the Dems I, are not. I, the thing that bothers me about this is I don't think any of our systems are today. They're governed by laws, and every law written on the books since 1964, the Civil Rights Act, has been to curtail the kind of systemic racism that Marx says is so rampant in America. No, I never said if that. Our, if our, well, you're, you're saying that it's a big problem. That would make I'm saying me. it's a problem. Oh, so it's not rampant then. Uh, probably is somewhere, somehow, somewhere. But well, now I, you're I don't now you're back to you're 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 psycho babbling me here. Gotcha. But listen, I, I think that w- what we have is always people problems. If uh, you point out, Stan, when you've called before, that it's not the gun that kills somebody; it's the person behind the gun with a bad intent. And I believe Absolutely. that about racism. I mean, if you have a good-hearted person who who's not racist and who wants to see people succeed, and you put them in charge of a system that's racist inherently, they're going to change it. And conversely, if you find somebody who's a bad person, who is a racist, and you give them a good system, they're going to find some way to modify it. It's always been a people problem, and it always will be a people problem until we find some way to convince folks, as Dr. King said, to judge people on the character of their content of their character, not the color of their skin. We're going to be doing this dance forever. Yep. Yep. Now, now I heard little bits of what Miss Harris had to say yesterday about being justice <laughs> met, and 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 well, how did she put it? You know, we're we're working towards justice, and I, I I'm of the thinking that if we want equal justice across the board, now we're talking equal justice for everyone, correct? Then there are people down there in D.C. and across this country that have a D beside their name that have not met justice yet. How for the so? things that they have done. How so? Give us an example. Hunter well, let's, Biden. Let's, uh, well, he's one of them <laughs> because of Daddy, Daddy Joe. And, and, you know, all that stuff on the laptop that has come out, which they haven't refuted and said, it, no, it, it's not my laptop because, well, Hunter, of course, he doesn't know because he was high when he dropped it off at the computer guy. But irregardless of that, there's information on there that points at Joe Biden was deeply embedded and tied to the Chinese Communist government. Isn't but that's all been swept under the rug. I thought it was under investigation. I thought it was under investigation. Hunter and his no. laptop and all this other stuff. That is, but not the president. 
Well, how do you? So well, you're saying that if the if the if the FBI or CIA or whoever's doing this investigation or Department of Justice comes across the fact that uh, President Biden is guilty of a significant treasonous no, felony, they they're going to be like, oh, well, we can't look no, at this anymore. I'm saying they haven't announced him as a target. They have announced Hunter Biden well, as a target. Who announces that they're investigating someone? Okay, criminals. We now know that you're selling pot in a motel in X town in the Marktopia. FBI will tell you if you're the target of an investigation. We want you to know. Oh, will they? Okay. Gotcha. That makes and, a lot and, of and sense. And they have, because Hunter has come out and said that. Okay. But th- recently, i seen something. Now, I don't know if it's 100% true. I will put that out there because I saw it on the internet, so you know how that is. <laughs> but the rumor is that the the computer on inadvertently got damaged and destroyed as far as the information on that. <laughs> hey, accidents happen. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, and suicides see, and, happen and, and in prison. And, you know, yeah. My information also that I've seen is said, yeah, that's fine, because the information before that laptop was given to the FBI, everything that was on that computer was copied. And certain people have that information. Whether it comes out, only time will tell. But that's not only it. But we're talking about, like, the, the Clinton pair. You know, they were money laundering millions of dollars through that foundation, and Hillary was committing crimes with a illegal server in her house, which any, anybody else in the government, especially if they had an R beside their name, would be in prison right now, or at least run out of D.C. and, and under indictment. But she gets away with it. Well, See, no. So I don't want to hear anything about equal justice until we get true equal justice. Until we get well, just Democrats remember, accidents do happen. Rosemary Woods just accidentally erased that 17-minute gap in Richard Nixon's tape. So and She was a Democrat. Yeah, well, sure. no, no, that was, uh, was she? No. No, I no, I doubt it very much. No, I was just being so, sarcastic. And, and what happened to Nixon? He was on a path to impeachment. He resigned. Ford pardoned him because he didn't want to put the country through an impeachment mess because we were already in a mess at that time in history. And it cost Ford the election. Exactly. And then we got Jimmy. And, and Jimmy was ineffective. I, I won't put anything up beyond that for Jimmy Carter. He was ineffective. Okay? And that's mm-hmm. what brought Ronald Reagan into power, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, each each pathetic president before brings on the, the vixen who's the next one. So that's what well, happened. Uh, so we will definitely Jimmy. have a Republican president in 2024 because I haven't never seen anybody quite as pathetic as Joe Biden. Except for President Trump. Well, Jimmy Carter was well-intentioned. <laughs> I believe Jimmy Carter was well-intentioned. And well, I believe I, he was a good aren't man. Aren't all the presidents well-intentioned? I just think, he, well, you, you wouldn't attribute that to Donald Trump. Well, I think buffoon. in his own way, he thought he was doing the right <laughs> thing. Really? Really, Mark? So I don't, I don't Donald Trump you have doing this what was in, for America first would put America... American people and America in the country above other countries was the wrong thing to do? No, that's indisputably the right thing to do. So there you go. Well, there's Joe Biden of, isn't there's doing that. proof of my point, Stan. You see, you're not listening. I said there's proof that his in his heart he thought he was doing the right thing. And he probably thought that all of his actions were appropriate or at least, you know, the uh, the result of a, you know, a moral compromise that had to be taken. You know, sort of do the greater good for the greater people. Look, I'm not saying it was malicious or criminal or, or uh, stupid or 
um, boneheaded or just unable to hear. He, he certainly is was sharper than our current president is. That much is plainly obvious to anybody that's watching how, this. How do you equate that with calling the guy a buffoon? I'm kind of confused well, because here. of his the things that he did. Uh, look, the question is, what, what are his intentions? Do? Does so are, a well-intentioned buffoon? How does he rate that's on the exactly scale of who people? President Trump was? And I haven't said that, and I'm not going to. But I'm glad Joe said it. That's exactly what President Trump well, I'm was. I'm just trying to equate well, what I, you're talking about here. That's probably what President Biden is, you know, to, to stand and to other people. A and well-intentioned buffoon? Right. Maybe a little bit to me, too. I mean, <laughs> certainly President no, Biden could do I, it. I don't consider, I don't consider Biden a, a buffoon. What I consider him is in need of serious mental health care, okay? <laughs> he has dementia, okay? But he also has been in the system for over for around 50 years. So if the system is systemic, he is very much a part of that systemic racism. You know, he piled around with old Mr. Bird, Robert Bird from oh, West Virginia, we That's know, right. and spoke at his, you know, oh, yeah. Get that picture a out again. eulogy at his funeral. Oh, brother, here we so, go what, But don't you think that, that there's something to that? In other words, if, he, Absolutely. if, if there was all I'm this systemic racism it. back then, it's got to have been worse. I agree with Stan. It was worse then than it is now. Why wasn't Joe Biden calling it out then? We've made a lot of progress in the U.S., and Joe Biden has been part of that progress. Now that he's oh, president, yeah. not all of his decisions are ideal, in my view, but he certainly made some great, bold decisions. We're glad to see that Was he's Donald acting. Donald Trump part he's of that got, progress? He's got two years until the party's over, so he has to Was take Was Donald more. Trump part of that progress? Uh, progress in the U.S.? Well, I, you know, Donald Trump made some progress and some digress in other areas. So, 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 what, so what bold moves have Biden made? You mean about we're talking about in the border now? Those are bold moves All right, we got that it. we're uh, going to let uh, illegals into this country with no questions asked and just send them all around the country. That's a bold move. Well, I didn't say that it was a good idea. I just said it was bold. All right, we got to go, Stan. Thank you so much. Yeah. Buffoonery. All right, have a good day. <laughs> bold Thank buffoonery. You. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, what's your view on this topic? We're talking about uh, racism in the U.S. and the George Floyd um, uh, verdict from the trial yesterday. Derek Chauvin verdict, really. And and uh, Maxine Waters' name came up, uh, President Trump's uh, legacy, his well-intentioned legacy, and race, systemic race, institutional racism. These are our topics. What's your view on this? Uh, everybody saw something yesterday that uh, probably raised one eyebrow, and that's George Floyd being raised up as a individual who is who fought for or somehow promulgated great change in America through his efforts, which I don't know that we can show through any evidence efforts. of. Right. <laughs> I mean, his, he, this, his death is really what did this, not anything. And, of course, his uh, background wasn't too stellar. So we can talk about that. A lot of people said when you know when they were watching these celebrations. He may well have said, been an unwilling participant right, in all of this. Right. Exactly. I don't think he wanted to die. <laughs> right. There's, there's some touchstones you don't wish to be in this country, and that's a dead one. So uh, what's your view on that, the fact that George Floyd is being raised up beyond uh, his life and raised up as really uh, facilitating this great well, pivot We have an point. email that touches on that subject. All right. We'll read that. We have no texts. So one eight or no, scratch 
congrats. That 70236 is the TextConnect system number. You have to be already a part of the TextConnect system, so please use that. And uh, you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and, uh, and uh, call us, 1-800-795-9565, 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm the bad producer here. I'm supposed to push buttons. It's not working. Mark can't do it all. Yeah, I asked for and received, or I guess this was already up, the George right. Floyd email. Read that. Uh, Doug says, George Floyd is no martyr or hero of any kind. He was a punk and a criminal. I'm not excusing what the officer did by putting his knee on Floyd's neck, and I'm not saying Floyd deserved to die. But he put himself in that situation and was so amped up on drugs, he probably felt nothing. It's amazing to me how every time there is one of these police shootings involving a black person, the fact that most of them were career criminals and that they refuse to listen to the police is rarely ever mentioned. I disagree with that. I think it's really mentioned every time. Uh, like, look at Dwight, uh, Duarte Wright. Every time they show it, it's him being taken into custody and then escaping and fleeing and driving away. And I think all of these. And George Floyd, we, we have seen all of the video of this now. The whole encounter is 20-some minutes. So Well, I mean, George Floyd I, I think it is he, mentioned. He's not a hero, but no one deserves what happened to George Floyd. And, right. and the, the cop... I mean, as bad as George Floyd may or may not have been, the cop was worse. But I don't think people hear it. I, I think part of this message doesn't get through our ears. You know, I have probably have liberal funnels, and Joe has his Fox funnels, and Doug has uh, conservative funnels, and people just hear what they want to. And that's really why we're going to – nobody – you know, this abyss that we're in is only going to get much, much worse because nobody can hear anything. Well, I, I think that they there is a tendency to overlook – the criminal activity on the part of some of these people and focus on what the police did. And I think that's not un unreasonable because the police are actually trained, you know, to how to handle these situations. And to the extent that they don't handle them as they were trained to handle them or in a way that society deems appropriate, they do deserve a certain amount of criticism. But I also think they get a great deal of undeserved criticism, making a tough job even tougher. Right. And I think it's going to be hard to recruit police if, uh, you know, every if your greatest error, your greatest accomplishments are or your accomplishments are overlooked and your well, errors are accentuated. I always say, do you want to be judged by the worst thing you ever did? <laughs> Oops. I got to get of, off the in phone. In the case here. of the officer Chauvin, I think he deserves to be judged by the best worst thing he ever did. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Dan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning, guys. I'm, instead of answering. But problem, I'm going to ask a question. 
if George Floyd were white, would we ever heard anything about this at all? You both can answer that. I would think mm-hmm. probably the day it happened. I'm not sure that you would hear anything beyond that. But, you know, I well, think, I think what, what happened is that black people went out to the street and protested. If white people did the same thing, if Dan's hypothesis, if we play out Dan's hypothesis, I think what kept it in the focus was the fact that people who were who felt affected and who felt adversely impacted by what happened to George Floyd went out into the streets. They set fire to things. They burned things. They peacefully demonstrated. They did all of that. So it kept it in the news. But I agree with you, Mark, that if it was a white person and the white people didn't go out in the street and they didn't, you know, um, if it was just protest. A, sort of a police brutality right. issue. It would have gone away after a day or two. Right. But I think George Floyd wasn't white. And so there, and plus this was so uh, vividly videotaped and the videos went up that night. Yeah, so, that's. Um, I, I think people saw this as much, much bigger than the incident. You know, the incident was a man who was desperately fighting with police, very much in the wrong and, you know, almost every way. But to use the flip response that I've used that I just don't think really covers enough is you don't get the death penalty for that. You're supposed to be taken into custody, contained, and uh, incarcerated, and, you know, potentially punished as time goes on. So, but <clears throat> people see this as, uh, saw this as being indicative of uh, racist policing that has gone on for centuries. Not all policing, but some policing has been, you know, much harder on other race, on blacks than it, than it has on whites, and white-on-black uh, police shootings were, um, you know, are, are considered part of that problem. So I, I think, yes, I think it's a great question to ask, but I, it doesn't get us very far because uh, people saw it as indicative of, of, of discrimination and injustices that have gone on for so, so long. Since you asked the question, Dan, I assume you have a position. Uh, well, my position is it wouldn't have even got to the press at all. It would just be another incident on the police blotter. That's all it would have been. And, and you know, it, it, what it boils down to is it, whether you're black or white, when the policeman stops you, don't try to resist. Just, just follow what the policeman tells you, and you won't, you won't end up dead. And, and I know that well, I hadn't been stopped for years by a policeman, but when I did, was once, the first thing I did, I put my hands up on the steering wheel so he could see what where my hands were. And then he told me to reach, get my wallet, and then he told me to take out my registration and driver's license and, and uh, insurance card. So I did, and that's about all there was to it. There was no issues there so if every person would do that there wouldn't be these shootings but Dan you're missing the fact Dan you're missing the fact that many of these people have warrants out for their arrest many of them are career criminals right the majority of decent citizens law-abiding citizens don't abuse firearms and don't run from the cops and follow those instructions but the people who have something to lose who know they're going to go to jail if this cop runs their id those are the people that cause the problem exactly right there joe i agree that's the problem and i tell you what the police today have it so rough i 
I, I admire anybody that's going to take up that career to do that kind of a job because it's it's harder today than it ever was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way our culture changed with with uh, policing and the way people look at police today. I can remember I, that we had, the, and he just passed away not too long ago, the late Harley Parker, who was a state police trooper. He went into the yeah. schools and he was beloved by the kids in the schools and they respected him and he taught them a lot about how to handle life situations. He was a magistrate. He was, but he was a state police officer before that. I know. <laughs> yeah, I remember him very well. Yeah, what a great How trooper. many times you get hauled in I, before him? Never. Never. Okay. Thank you so much, Dan. (laughs) Thank you for calling. I haven't been before any one time for loud mufflers. There you go. Well, just don't. The only time. Just don't do what Joseph did run from the cops when you were a young guy. (laughs) All right. That's right. Scofflaw. All right. 1 800 795 9565. Al's the last caller before a quickie break. Al, you're on the mark. He's right. You called in. I originally wanted to pick up where I was yesterday, but um, if I was eyewitness to Floyd being choked like that, and right there, I don't know, I might have went over the top of that car and tackled him off of there if he wasn't listening to everybody's plan, then I probably would have been in a whole lot of trouble too, but that would have been I suspect you'd be dead. the life of another person. <laughs> I suspect you would have been shot. Because well, that's <laughs> probably my, but I would have probably risked my life for the life of another person because I know exactly how he feels being choked. Mm-hmm. It's not a nice feeling, and uh, I would have sympathized with him. And and after all that time, nine minutes, I probably wouldn't have been able to take it. Uh, now maybe I'm talking big because I'm not there, but that would have been an opportunity in my lifetime to stop a. An, a murder of a person I wouldn't say is innocent, but a person that doesn't deserve to die. Right. And then what what you were saying about following orders of the policeman? Yeah, you follow the orders of the officer because their goal is to keep everybody safe and arrest the bad guys. And they're another one of their main goals is they're not a criminal. They're usually fathers and pillars of the community, and they want to go home that night. So they can't take chances. They're out there taking the chance every day, and you got to minimize that when you have somebody that has a gun warrant against them and they're ready to hop in their car and take off. It's like, we know who he is. Maybe we could let him go. But this guy has a gun warrant. And that lady got excited and pulled out the wrong thing. Well, at that point, she found out that she's not going to be an officer because she can't handle it under control, and there was a possibility that she went her whole career, 28 years or 26 years, whatever it was, that she never had to pull out a weapon because I've heard testimonies from officers that never had to use their gun. So, you know, and you find out at that moment what happens and then it's too late. And that tranquilizer idea was a good idea because I used to help capture baboons down then with Clyde Peeling, and that's what we used. And they're like a guy on drugs. They're strong as four men. 
Well, and I and think what that idea. this idea of second guess what you would do in the crowd led to survivor's guilt among the people who were in the crowd. The, to a letter, each one of them testified that if they truly thought at that moment he was going to die, it looked like he was unconscious, but they didn't think he was going to die, that they would not have just stood there, that they would have rushed over there and tried to intervene, you know, to knock Sholin off of Floyd, even though, of course, it would be a great peril and they would certainly be charged too. Likewise, the individual that initially called 911 about the uh, uh, counterfeit money said that uh, he enjoys tremendous guilt and, uh, and, you know, issues, angst about this because he felt as though he precipitated the whole thing. Well, I think some, some people well, would well, say well, that the police well, officers well, were not, you know, that, that well, they would know what they were doing and that, they, that even though this looked bad, right. maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked. Exactly. You know, and the police were saying to those people, stand back, stay back, keep back, even though they were yelling at them to get off of Floyd's neck, but they I didn't agree. do it. You know, yeah, so I agree. There was, was guys on his back, too. There was guys pushing on his back. Right. I mean, they had, they had him subdued. It was time to let somebody's um, empathy or man, love of mankind just to let this poor guy up. Yep. Right. You know, I don't know why he hung around after trying to pass off a $20 bill. I would have been the hell out of there. Well, maybe he didn't but, even uh, know it was counterfeit. I mean, he, they, they yeah. came, were called. Yeah, he didn't deserve to die. He didn't deserve to be held down on the ground that much. Nope. I mean, once you got him <laughs> down, but I, I think that would have been an opportunity to really see what you're made of if you would have laid down your life for somebody else. And they all regret it, so... But the bottom line, the bottom line is that all police are not bad. All police are not good. The overwhelming majority of policemen, overwhelming majority, are decent, hardworking people who want to protect and serve their communities and who want to protect and serve human life. He, Chauvin, was the the outlier, if you will, the person who's... And second-degree murder used to be described as depraved indifference to human life, and I believe that's exactly what he demonstrated exactly in Pennsylvania. Right. That's exactly what he had that day, and uh, if, you, if you see something like that, maybe everybody, listen, if you see something like that, step in, and it, we could, you know, we... I don't think the average. I think that's a dangerous piece yeah, that's of advice. Not really sound advice. All right, thank you so much, Al. We got to move on, but thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for being a great listener every day too. All right, we got one call waiting and another one coming in. We got to take the promised break. We will be right back. Welcome back. Okay, last talk show on the mark. Uh, Bob has been patiently waiting. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to call in about the George Floyd. Uh, I'm glad the officer was found guilty. I mean, that just goes to show uh, black lives do matter. And, you know, if you look at the beginning of time when uh, black people were only treated as slaves and then Rosa Parks with the bus situation, and now the way the police treat the black people, it only goes to show the reason the black people are up in arms about this. And the same thing is happening with gays and homosexuals white people are condemning them so this is what's going on in america and it's wrong and it needs to stop well, who's condemning all these people are you the police uh... no just american citizens 
Okay, well, that's a pretty ringing indictment. All American citizens are racists and homophobes and all that, right? So we're all bad? Not all of them, but a majority. A majority. Oh, well, okay. And as far as George Floyd goes, he is considered a hero because now the justice will probably, you know, favor black people equal as white people and not black people as bad people. And it's like if you're a police officer, wouldn't it be a cushy police job to work in Seals Grove, Pennsylvania? Well, if you're working in Washington, D.C., look out, there's a lot of black people there, so you better worry, worry, worry. You know that's that's what's going I, on. I hate to say this, but you're sounding like a racist. You believe you believe all white people are bad, or the majority of white people are bad, or the majority of cops are bad. I'd say you have some pretty serious biases yourself, there, Bob. I see it as the way it is. Okay. Well, okay. That's, well, that's why they call it inherent. All right. Thank you so much, Bob. Thanks yeah, for calling thanks in. For calling. All right, Joseph. Next up on on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. I was listening to you discussing why those people didn't intervene when George was dying there for nine minutes and something. I think I know why. Uh, Here, oh, quite a few years, about four or five years back, I was riding my Harley down Front Street in Milton here. It's a one-way street, and broad daylight, and my hat blew off. Well, there was no one behind me, so I thought, well, I'll just turn around. It was only back to about 100 feet and get my hat. And when I slowed down to turn around, the bike flopped over on top of me and pinned me under it. And uh, my ba- I had a bad ankle because the horse threw me sometime before that. And so I didn't want to really push too hard to try and get off me. And they're a very heavy bike. So I thought, someone's going to come along and help me out. Well, I'm laying there on the high bar, on the side, on the, on the road, right in the middle of the road, basically. And this car comes, and I hear him coming because I'm facing downtown. I couldn't see it unless I switched it around. And I thought, we're going to stop and help me. Well, it, drove, it slowed down real slow and drove right by me and looked down at me <laughs> and kept on going. And I thought, you know, what's going on here? Well, then I heard another car come and stop back about where my hat was blowed off. And I thought, well, you know, someone's going to come help me now. And so I'm laying there, and nothing happened, didn't hear a door open, so I, I twisted around and looked, and this guy's sitting in the car, young guy, and he's probably late 20s, and he's sitting there, he didn't want to run over my hat, and I thought, this is enough of this, and I pushed my guts off to get that bike off me, and walked back, and he said, oh, you're all right. Oh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, people are terrified. They're afraid to do anything. My wife and I was coming out of New Berlin, across the bridge, we took a right, and up at that first hard curve where it turns right to go to Middleburg, a woman had uh, lost control and ran into a telephone pole. And she was in the car, bleeding, and there was a tractor trailer there, there was other cars the other way stopped, and no one walked over to the car. They were standing there looking. And we stopped behind them, and I got out quick and run over, and so I got, uh, I told my wife, get some paper towels out of the car, and I tried to stop the bleeding. Her head was bleeding, and, and anyway, no one, no one went to help her or to assist her, and I said, we got to get her out of the car because uh, there, there was gas running there, and there was, the battery, you know, was, uh, it wasn't a good situation. And uh, so we got her out of the car, and we I unhooked the battery, and, and then some people came and helped out. But they're just, they just, uh, they're terrified. 
They're afraid to help out. They're like in that situation in the Bible. Remember when the, uh, the priest walked down the road to Jericho, and there was a guy, he was beaten up and left for dead almost, and he walked by, and then a Levite walked by, a religious man, right. both of them. And the then this old Samaritan. Samaritan came whom the Jews despised, the religious people despised, and he helped him, and he, he took him to an inn and, and helped him out. And then Yahshua said, who is this guy's neighbor? You might know who's his neighbor, the guy that helped him. But that's the way people are today. I mean, you, well, I think I there's used, a hesitancy. I of hitchhikers all the time. I bring them home. A uh, guy was traveling. He, he really needed a bath. So I let him use my bathroom and facilities and stuff and, and give him food to eat and stuff. But people are terrified. They're afraid to do anything. Right. And I think largely because they're afraid maybe they'll get sued or are just fearful. They're very fearful. Actually, there is a good Samaritan law in Pennsylvania that if you come to someone's aid and you render reasonable aid, you can't be sued. Oh, yeah? Well, I didn't know that. But that doesn't bother me. If someone needs help, I'm going to help them. I don't care what. Right, you know what I mean? I've had a whole cartload of black people home one time. I think it was about six or seven of them, and they slept in my living room. Well, I think you've <laughs> and we made breakfast for them. And you know, their car was broke down. I think you've redeemed yourself from running from the cops that time, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, Yeshua redeemed me when he died for me. I there can't redeem go. myself. I'm, well, you're, uh, who knew I you were such a that, motorhead, though? That's This is all news to us. Yeah, I mean, you've got le lead foot uh, racing down the car, motorcycles. Mark said yesterday uh, about uh, the Old Testament and homosexuals and stuff, they stoned them, you know, uh, which they did. It was a law. But you know the New Testament, which was inspired by the Savior in Romans chapter 1, the last verse, <laughs> okay. after it talks about uh, adultery and homosexuality and covetous and many other sins, said those that do such things are worthy of death. Now, of course, he meant we don't do that now. We don't administer that now as believers, but they will die the second death. They will not be in the... All right. kingdom. <laughs> we got to stop you there. Thank you so much, Joseph. Thanks, yeah, Joseph. thank you for calling in. Glad, Glad you weren't hurt in that motorcycle accident. Bob, last caller before a quick break. He never break. told us if he got his hat back. He did. Did he? Okay. Bob, you're familiar with sport. You're on the mark. Oh, good morning. I, w I just wanted to address Dan's question about uh, how things are handled. Uh, actually, we have a situation <clears throat> where a black Biden voter shot an armed armed white woman with no criminal background at all, and uh, it seems like everybody's on the on the black cop side. Where where was this? It was in the Capitol building. Oh, you're talking about the riot during the riot or the on uh, January the sixth or twentieth? Yeah, it was it was, it was, a, it was a big uh, a big invasion. By armed forces. Insurrection. But, but none of the armed forces had any arms. Right. That's <laughs> Well, it was still an insurrection. There's nothing about the definition of an insurrection that says you have to carry a uh, gun. I don't believe they set fire to anything, did they? No, they were... Actually, what? they didn't do anything but break a few windows, and, and probably, the way I understand it, the, the actual people that broke the windows were like the BLM and Antifa people that were inciting them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, we know that not to be at least universally true. Half the uh, oath keepers that we were really arrested. We really know that. Huh? Tell tell me why we know that. Well, this is I. We don't know. I don't personally know it to be true. But the affidavits no, for the arrest and the oath. No, you know, you're, you're, you're oath, just like uh, 
The affidavits for the Oath Keepers who were arrested show them at the front using police shields to break through the windows of the of the front of the building. So we do know that from the sworn affidavits of the police officer. Now I know there's a Democrat in the White House, so you wouldn't believe the police officers, but the affidavits indicated that the Oath Keepers who are not Antifa or BLM representatives were on the front line of breaking through Actually, the building. Actually, they did they did arrest by mistake some BLM and Antifa people and they released them right away. You don't hear nothing about it. Then why do we already know it? Oh, yeah, what? What? where did you see <laughs> that reported? I, I'm well, curious. Apparently you don't know it. So, no, I, so I'll admit I don't. You don't know it, right? I, I don't. I, I understand. But I, I, I've heard what you're saying is true, but on the other hand, I have not seen any proof myself. So if anything you can well, tell us would be beneficial. Because they won't release the proof. Just like you don't know the name of the black Biden voter that shot the woman, do you? You mean that you was a that's not the Capitol Police Officer? That? Well, that was a Capitol Police Officer, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But how do you know? I mean, I can understand maybe you know he's black, but I don't think they've ever released his name, so I have no way of knowing who he is or what his political affiliation is. How do you find out? He he, he was a he was a Democrat guard, okay, a Democratic. Uh, like the Republican Guard in Iran is a Democratic Guard. Well, okay. yeah, but the the Capitol Police are all civil service employees. I don't think he wasn't pump- a Capitol policeman. He wasn't. He was a he was a guard. Uh, of, uh, what do you call it? A security guard. Security guard for for uh, for a Democratic politician. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't hear that. Yeah. I thought it was a Capitol policeman. Okay, no. well, you've told us something new. Yeah. Hey, all right. Thank yeah. you so much. And you say well. We don't have the evidence, but the reason you don't have the evidence is, is because they don't put it out. Well, I think it was investigated at, in the, in the highest echelons yeah, of the it, U.S. It was justice. Investigated and and what what results did you get from that investigation? Well, you know as much as the investigators do. So, what what would be the ideal outcome? Obviously, not what did happen, but what would have been the ideal well, outcome. Well, why well, why wasn't he why why isn't he arrested just like the the cop that? Gotcha. Okay, he should have been charged. I gotcha. Okay. That right, is a good question. If he wasn't being threatened, if he wasn't directly, as I understand it, he shot when she was coming through the window. So she didn't pose a an immediate threat to him, mm-hmm. and did he have other options? So that's a good question. All right. Thank you so much, Bob. Thanks, Appreciate Bob. the call. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're taking a quickie break, but we'll have time for another caller. Dial it up. 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.
Well, I want to tell you about a truck I drove not too long ago, about a week or so ago. It has a 400-watt power outlet on it, and you think, oh, well, big deal. Well, a lot of homes don't have a generator in them. They don't think they need them. You know, PPL, the utility company, and whomever their electricity keeps the power on sufficiently. But guess what? You get a power outage, and your food in the freezer or the fridge is about to go bad because of a bad storm or an ice storm plug your fridge into your truck, turn on the truck, and away you go, and you got electricity at your house. No, so, away you go, you're going to be dragging the refrigerator well, yeah, down don't, the street. No, away you go, I mean, you've solved the problem. Oh, yeah. So I just want to be creative about using the outlet there. Uh, of course, we do not have a generator at our house, and we never have lengthy power outages, but if you did, we'd be all set. Maybe you live in an area where you have longer power outages, but this is just one of the many accoutrements of the Ford F-150 that I got to drive a 2021 Ford F-150 $44,000 on the sticker, and I'll tell you what, it was a ton of truck. It has great uh, automatic things to keep me from denting the truck, and uh, of course you can use your smartphone app in order to start and stop the vehicle. Of course, it has start-stop technology at the intersections. 24 miles to the gallon on the highway, super XLT chrome appearance. It was antimatter blue, and uh, the one, the latest one I ordered is rapid red. So it's these are just fabulous trucks. You can't go wrong with an F-150, and we would just love to see you driving in one from the Sunbury Motor Company. SunburyMotors.com. Uh, just we we checked during the break, and uh, it wasn't a, a security guard. It was a Capitol Police officer. Says who? Uh, says the uh, Associated Press and news outlets. Um, try to think who this is. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Well, it's a uh, story. And his name wasn't disclosed. No, they did name? not disclose his okay. name, and the court determined or the prosecutors determined there was insufficient evidence to bring charges against him. But you think uh, his bullet being in the woman's body and the woman not being in close proximity to him might have, you know given them some reason to think maybe he should be charged with something. Mm -hmm. Well, no, if you're charged, if your duty is to protect the Capitol. Right, I was just going to say, but giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know, someone's coming through a window that they just broke. Um, What is that called? Stand stand your ground? you have an, You don't no, have any. There's another one when it's in your home, um, Castle Doctrine. Castle Doctrine. But, okay. but that wouldn't apply. He's not at home. No, so. but in theory, he was hired to protect the Capitol, and so someone's right. breaching the Capitol, and he's doing what he can to protect it. Right. Right, right, right. Okay, to be continued. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, The text screen has cleared, so if you sent us a text and we didn't read it, send it again, and uh, we'll put it on the radio. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. Thank Mark Stevens so much for being our great producer today. We really appreciate it. See you tomorrow, Joe. Right.